da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, hello, man, fam, out there in the world. A little inside baseball. We just on the VIP lounge recorded an episode called Seven about the film Seven, and I said, hey. Are there any other movies with seven in the title? And Brian said, apparently, there's a new Netflix film written and directed by one Aaron Sorkin called Trial of the Chicago Seven. Amazing. Amazing. It's, so, yeah. We didn't so, even plan this. It we just, didn't even plan it. Just it happened. Yeah. We, so did, we, we did because we started recording at 7 p.m. And I hey. made sure not a second sooner or a second later. Uh-oh, we've been hacked. I don't know that voice. <laughs> That's not Kent. <laughs> All right. Well, we got Batman Shane in the in the mix tonight. Kent has uh, he's been wrongly arrested and accused of various crimes, and so he's not mm-hmm. able to be with us. But hopefully, his uh, lawyer situation is strong, and he can he right. can come join us next week. But uh, we've got yeah. This is America. He's he exactly. is innocent until proven guilty. Right. So, I told right. him not to steal that tiger, but he just kept insisting yeah. he wanted to be the next Joe Exotic. Alleged, alleged, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Right. Yeah. Allegedly. He will sue us. He said Kent, Kent he Exotic. Told, I sent him the Jeffrey Tubin link, and he was like, "Wait, too, all right, I'll, I can top that." And that was the last I heard of him. Yeah. He so, just said, "Hold my beer," and then yeah. and we got a call from his, from our lawyer, and it's a whole deal. It was a whole. It's a whole mess. So classic Ken. Classic Ken. You know how he rolls. Um, so anyway, we are here with Batman Shane and um, Aquaman Brian here in the mix. To uh, sorry, Brian took the short and end Green of that Lantern one. Richard. And oh it's dang it! Oh wow, that backfired real hard. All right. So um, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's the yeah. Okay, Ezra Flash Brian, but we have... I was gonna, I was gonna say that's what Kent can be now. He can just be the Ezra Flash. So oh. <laughs> we've got uh everyone here to talk some Aaron Sorkin and the trial of the Chicago Seven. So this is I think we talked about this a few times. I'm very stupid on this, so I always ask it very stupidly, and Brian normally has an answer. Was this Netflix Netflix or was this COVID Netflix? I believe it was Netflix Netflix, right? Wasn't this always no, intended? No. It was COVID Netflix. It's COVID Netflix. See, I told you I'm very yeah. stupid. Um, I mean, it was up in the air, so it's possible that this would have happened regardless. This feels like a movie that, that uh-huh. Netflix would have been going after, but it's at least, I, th- I believe, and Shane, you may, you may know better than me, but I believe up until even like a month ago, they were still trying to get this in in theaters. And this, this yeah, time. I'm actually uniquely happen. qualified to answer this question. So this was a Paramount film, and it was always intended to play in theaters. And then up until about a month, two months ago, um, because theaters were closed, and you know, <clears throat> what was this movie really in a, in a good time? What was this movie really going to make at the box office? Uh, and so we decided to call Netflix and we sold it to Netflix. I don't know what they paid for it, but at that point it was sold to Netflix and now it is a Netflix film in perpetuity. Uh, but when you watch the film, it does say like Paramount Pictures presents and I think it has our logo towards the end as well. But, uh, but yeah, it is a Netflix Netflix now, but this was a COVID casualty, uh, just like Enola Holmes was and, you know, a couple others this year. 
so yeah, so this is one that I've been reading about this movie. So I have a little bit. I, I I've I've always had a kind of a weird interest in this story. I had a. I still have a. I don't know if it's behind me now. You guys can see me on Zoom. I haven't. I have Abby Hoffman uh, steal this book somewhere on my bookshelf, and I used to have a face out of it at my old apartment. And so that, and then everyone would come over and make the same joke. Oh, I'm going to steal that book. Maybe someone did because I don't see it. That's fine. Uh, yeah, he had a famous book called "Steal This Book," which is sort of a revolutionary tome. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, I've always kind of been, this was going to be a Spielberg joint, I think, for a long time, right, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then was it always Sorkin and then Spielberg? Was that the um, was that the intent, or what, did Sorkin kind of snake it? I think Sorkin was supposed to write and Spielberg was supposed to direct. And then, That'd be a cool comp. I mean, I think that yeah, would be really totally, fun. Totally. Yeah, for I sure. I think there may have even been another director in there at some point before it just became Sorkin and Sorkin. At some, but I can't remember, can't remember who it was. But yeah, Spielberg let this go to do something else i can't i now i can't remember because for a while i I think even will smith was attached to this the post let's just assume it's the post (laughs) (laughs) because that's what yeah it it was a spielberg sorkin joint at a certain point and then and obviously and then molly's game and and then also but on the other side of this molly game molly's game happens that is is reasonably Mm -hmm. well regarded and i think sorkin got a little you know some some muscles there and wanted to wanted to uh, maybe become more of an auteur, which is cool. I mean, that's I liked Molly's game fine, and and we'll get into this. This is he's certainly capable. Mm-hmm. He's not okay. He's not Steven Spielberg. Um, sure. By that I mean he doesn't suck. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, but he's he, he certainly maybe wanted to do this with this. So so yeah, let's. But I and, and we're in the middle of I don't know if it's a full Cohen assance, but we're getting you know Sasha Baron Cohen. You know, with the dictator and Bruno and a few other films, maybe became less and less relevant. And now suddenly, it's like we're it's a we're back in 2006 again with Borat two next week, and 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 this uh, and this is a really cool performance by him. So anyway, um, getting into the film. So did you kind of follow this like I did, Brian and Shane? Like, did you? I was always kind of aware of the production of this. Um, this sort of seemed like one of those it was always going to happen, but you never knew when. Then suddenly it was happening. What about you guys? You know, I, I actually didn't follow it nearly as closely as, as either of you two guys did, and I, I, I'm actually surprised to learn that it was supposed to be a Spielberg thing. I didn't know that. I just assumed that Sorkin wrote it and had always intended to direct it because he because he directed Molly's Game and because he's kind of you know he's Aaron Sorkin. I assumed he had the juice now in his kind of career to say like, yeah, I'm going to direct this next script that I write mm-hmm. or you're not going to make my script, right? I'll shop this around town until I find a studio that's going to let me direct it. So obviously if Steven Spielberg wants to direct your movie, you say yes. That's sure. a fairly obvious, uh, you know, ask. But I didn't. I, he, wanted to, he wanted to do a, I wrote a scathing first person Mad About Movies biopic and Spielberg was all in. Mm-hmm. And I said, nope. Uwe Bowl, Letty A, or Bus, because I wanted to be really meta. And I told him that I told him some stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> the there's so, some Epstein rumors around Adam right in his face. <laughs> I think it's because he read your Schindler's Two script, and it was just basically a Ray Fine's revenge movie. And he was like, "Wow, dude, no, 
Hard pass on that. Yeah, but the whole thing was red with one girl in a black and white sweater. That was that was my twist. It's a reverse Dr. Seuss book, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting to me. I did not know that about Steven Spielberg, and it definitely we'll get into it a little bit later, but I certainly would have liked to have seen that version of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I mean when Paramount announced that they were making the movie, I definitely kinda um started to follow it a little bit closer uh, you know, to that and was definitely interested every time they made a cast announcement about you know, Eddie Redmayne or Sasha Baron Cohen or whoever. So I would definitely say that even though obviously the year has changed in terms of release schedules and stuff, even before, you know, the pandemic hit and things started dropping, this movie was definitely very high on my list of most anticipated in the back half of 2020. Um, So I was excited to see it for sure. What about you, Brian? I mean, it sounds like you were tracking it closer than the both of us. Yeah, this was, uh, I went. I'm, I just looked up while you're talking there, Shane, because I couldn't remember the timeline. But um, this was a this was a Sorkin Spielberg thing in like 07. So this script yeah. has been, oh, okay. been around that for, about for a long hours. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, he wrote this long before, or at least some version of it before Molly's Game, right? And even before um, Social, Social Network. Network. Wow. Right. Yeah. So Sorkin came on for you're 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 exactly right, Richard. He he came on for this in 2018. So post in post Molly's game, uh, he's he got the whether it was the yeah I can do that or whether it was the as you're saying Shane the juice to say I am going to do that. Uh, that that's when he he came in. So according to Wikipedia, the, which of course has 100 percent journalistic integrity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's on the internet. It has to be true. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> I know. I'll send you some links on. Um, yeah, well, half of it's in Russian, but you'll like it. Um, <laughs> You should read this stuff about this laptop. It's crazy. But this, uh, that'll age well. This, it looks like the 2007 writer's strike was part of what made Spielberg drop out. Oh, this was like a casualty of that writer's yes. strike? Interesting. Yep. Okay. So this looks like maybe it was a passion project with Sorkins. He was trying to get done for a while and, and that. But that, man, that would have been so cool. I Hopefully we can get, I mean, Sorkins a good enough director now where Maybe mm-hmm. he just does his own stuff from here on out. But I would, and you know me, I'm a, a little bit more Spielberg, uh, Spielberg skeptical. Let's sure. say that three times fast. And then certainly you, Brian, and some people, but I, man, that's like a match made in heaven to me because mm-hmm. both of them handle sentimentality in such different, but um, it's such a big part of what they do. It would be interesting to see how they address that together. Sure. Pardon me. So anyway, uh, did you guys know this story at all? Were you aware of, aware of that coming in, or or were you just Brian? You were you just saw Eddie Redmayne was in it and wanted to check it out. <laughs> uh, you know me too well. Uh, I I knew. I would say I knew of this story. I did not know this story very well. Um, and so I'd say the first 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I was I wouldn't say confused, but I, I felt like it was. It was a bold choice, and ultimately, I think it paid off well. I don't want to give away my grade at the end of all this, but uh, I think it worked. But I, it was a bold choice to not have any sort of recap or or anything of like what yeah, happened yeah. for the first thirty to forty. Well, you minutes. didn't learn this right. in school. You don't constantly talk to your friends about the. Uh... <laughs> well, that's what I thought. Like as I was watching <laughs> it, I was like, "Is this just one of those things that like we went to school in Texas, and so you know, you're not, you're not you don't get Jerry Rubin. You didn't do a whole class know. on Jerry Rubin and Halton High. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To so, Brian's point, right, like, to Brian's point, we all went to school in Texas, so I knew this story pretty well uh, about seven dirty hippies that got what they deserved. That's <laughs> that's uh, that's the version that we were taught when I was in school. So you know. 
Yeah, but no. See, I I I kind of knew what the what the 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 gist of the story was, but I and I knew who I knew who Abby Hoffman is, and I guess Tom Hayden, like that name, sort of rings a bell. But most of these other guys that, that I I didn't know he was the constantly heirs for the Godfather family, right? Tom Hayden. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it's not a which I prefer. Consigliere. You know, I don't know why I combine concierge. I, I do that too. I was gonna, I was gonna let you run with it because I liked it, but I was like, that's a new word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I apologize. I have a tr- I have, I struggle with that word as well. It's he'll schedule your murder and he'll put a mint on your pillow. <laughs> exactly. He'll <laughs> tell you. Day. Yeah, absolutely. He will <laughs> tell you some great restaurants locally, and then mm. you know. Legally, make sure you're good when you when you hire it. <laughs> do you need? By the way, do you need transportation? They both do that. Mm-hmm. Tickets to the opera, time. sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So anyway, I I, uh, I knew I knew a little bit of this, but I prefer that when I'm going to go see a biopic or a right. you know based on a true story or whatever. It's nice to not know every detail and note of along the way because then you just spend your time not necessarily saying well that's not how it happened uh kent's not here to do the voice so mm-hmm. i'm sorry i can't but <laughs> well, legal, i can happened. i can do it but it not didn't legally. happen that um, <laughs> yeah that's my impression of kent doing the impression yeah <laughs> yeah you just you either spend your time doing that or like trying not to do that you know mm-hmm. and just and so this was this was a good way to just be able to watch the movie because i did not know I knew the two sentence. I did not know the full paragraph, as it were. So, sure. What about you, Shane? You have any background on this stuff? No, I mean, I, I honestly, you know, I did read about it like in high school history or whatever. But my interest in it really kind of picked up uh, when when I read that Sorkin was making the movie. At that point, I kind of did the Wikipedia dive on it and just kind of got a kind of a handle on the story, but you know, a pretty kind of half baked research or whatever. Nothing too deep. I certainly haven't read any books on it or anything like that. Um, I have not read. You wrote uh, your master's thesis on Hubert Humphrey, though. So yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a great candidate! Um, did 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 fantastic in the in sixty eight. Uh, yeah, I, so I had a, a you know very brief, like you said, dude. I knew the two sentence version of this. I did not know the full paragraph or even the full mm-hmm. book version of this story. So sure. it was great, kind of you know, seeing the movie play out, even though I knew the broad strokes, I didn't really know any of the details. And so some of the moments in the film that were designed to be shocking, shocked me because I didn't know that they were coming. Sure. I I think the real showy part of this is, is uh, Franklin Gell as as the, as Julius Hoffman is like a incredible antagonist. (laughs) I almost Mm -hmm. said protagonist. That would have been funny. (laughs) Right. I mean, I just think he's the hero of my story. I'm telling you, man, those dirty hippies, they got what they deserve. (laughs) Justice was served. You know what I mean? But he does a really great job, man. He's a real heavy in this and like a Mm -hmm. villain we haven't Mm -hmm. seen in a while that doesn't have, you know, that isn't Josh Brolin and, in a ton of CGI or something, you know? Um, And uh, it's fun. Fun is maybe not the right word, but it's, it's to watch him and, and Mark Rylance, two of the, you know, the great actors of, mm-hmm. of their time go sort of toe to toe for yes. stretches of this was awesome. It was I, really I recently watched, I don't know why I was flipping through stuff and I watched, um, Frost Dixon for the first time since like that oh, year. Yeah. yeah. Um, great movie, great movie. The Michael Sheen, right? Where he yeah, plays. Yeah. The yeah. Michael Sheen yeah. and, and Frank, and Frank is so good in that man. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, Langella is so awesome. It's, in that part and it's not what's great about it is it's not like a um impression of nixon right it's like this kind of his he does his own thing mm-hmm. with it it's such a cool 
he he makes Nixon like oddly weirdly likable because he's so he's so uh, apparently. By the way, have you ever have either of you ever read or heard about his memoir? No, Langella. Langella has a memoir, and apparently it's just like yeah, I banged everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need to read it. He's like I'm, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I'm adding that to the old Barton Reedy list. If if you are a Langella fan, and I am now, um, I, I there's a movie that I would recommend, and I'm I'm forgetting the title. I'll see if I can't look it up real quick. But basically, he plays an elderly gentleman, and it's like set in the near-ish future. And his daughter mm-hmm. buys him like this uh, like the home robot. assistant robot. Yeah. yeah, and it's basically it's a you know I know we all hate this phrase, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a tour de force performance from him. Because it's literally just him acting against a robot. Yeah, so that's draft day, right? It's, yeah, that's draft day. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. That is the one. Yeah, yeah I'll robot look up what the name of that movie is. Robot but, uh, and Frank. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oddly, yeah. It's very. Uh, he's Frank, and he plays mm-hmm. a guy named Frank. Right. Uh, it was Robot and Sylvester, but then Stallone dropped out. Yeah, and that, and then it was, and then. <laughs> never mind. Um, so yeah, so it's, uh, he's, he's, he's great in this as this, like, he has to kind of go up against so many really hard performances and, and yeah. he's like a scene partner to everyone in a weird way. And, uh, he's just really impressive to me. I also am kind of in the bag for him. I think he rules. So maybe yeah, that was that. Awesome. Um, since Eddie, you know? Yeah. Where... What's weird is he did Whoopi Goldberg for five years after that. And that's the funniest <laughs> movie ever to think about an onset romance. You know what I mean? I mean, the yeah. pairing of them together. She broke were... up with Theodore Rex for him is how it, <laughs> how it comes out from his memoir. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So I'm we'll never going to stop making Theodore Rex. Jokes Absolutely not. Watch that Abs- movie nor should you. Um, <laughs> let's go through the rest of the, it's a real, this is a true ensemble movie. There's no real yeah. lead to it, but it's a true ensemble. So, uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher this. What'd you guys think of who plays Bobby Seale? Uh, Yaya, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it's Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's I, great. He was great, man. I mean, I love when you find someone new like that. He was yeah. such a he, he was so just he's, incredibly cool. He's so good in that. He is incredible in in Watchmen, the HBO. Yeah, see, I, I've still yet to watch uh, that, but I'm year. going to. I listen to Man. the soundtrack a lot, because I listen to oh, a lot yeah. of Trent Reznor yeah. when I read. Yeah. Sure. I haven't. Sure. I haven't and seen also, it you know, whether you like the movie Aquaman or not, he was great as Black no. Manta in no, the movie. No, he's not, Shane. No, he's not. He's oh. terrible in that movie. I'm sorry. He's <laughs> awful know, in man. that movie. I, the awful. scenes where he has his helmet off, I think he was pretty good, right? The, no, all the scenes no. where he, he was, he, a, pow- he was a freaking Power Ranger villain in that. Movie. It was, it was, I, I, lo- I think this guy is awesome. I, I think he's got an incredible, and it's it's probably not his fault, but he was terrible in that movie. You're being too kind. Uh, what was he? Sorry. Was just in something else like two months ago, was he not? Yeah, he he's a he's a hot name. Like he's he's pop- he's going to be popping up in more stuff because he's he's in that Candyman remake. He's the lead in that. That was yeah. Supposed to come out. I don't even know when. Some point this year. Um, yeah, he he's gonna be he's gonna be all over the place. He's he's really really good. And this, you're right. Like Richard, this is like that's a hard role to play, and 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 not have it just be, not have it just be showy, right? Like the, yeah. the, any Sorkin movie, it's real easy. I think. I think this is the balance that actors have to to walk with with a Sorkin movie. Is he gives you this script. That's just like all show. Like it's just it's it's so flashy and and incredible. And it's it's got to be tough 
to take what he does and dial it down to a an actual character. I, and I don't mean that as a as a uh, I don't know a knock on Sorkin, but like his his instinct is to make it as showy as possible, and then you kind of have to distill it a little bit. Um, and I th- I thought Yayo he, he I thought he did a magnificent job with that character. I think yeah, it was great. Agreed. Agreed. I think that Sorkin, Tarantino, and David Mamet are kind of the three writers that they have their very own distinct kind of cadence to their dialogue. And I think certain actors can do it and certain actors just can't, you know? And so I think that a a Sorkin audition has got to be fairly easy because it's very apparent after one monologue if you can do this or you can't. Yeah, it's almost like you're trying out for a band, right? Can you play this style of music? Right. Can you sit in in and play drums with you know, these three guitar players. So we've, we've talked a lot of guff on the show. Brian, what do you think of Redmayne? I thought, uh, I thought it was interesting to, to be able to understand what he's saying as a human being. That was a, that was a plus. Um, I thought this was a good use of him. Like I'm going to be grumpy, maybe not grumpy because this year is so wheels off in a normal year. I think his performance is, uh, better than fine. Like it's it's good. It's a, it was a good it was a good performance. I I'm very appreciative that the movie doesn't hinge every moment on him because I think that's a mistake. I don't think he's nearly as charismatic as Hollywood seems to to think that that he is. Um, and so this was a good role for him. I th- I, I think it's a it's a complicated role, but not overly so. And so he's he he doesn't fall too far into the showy category for most of it you know there's a i mean at the end i don't want to get too far in spoilers but but the end is definitely a showpiece for him um and and i I think he he did that fine he did okay with it but he was not the for me at least he was not the focal point from a performance standpoint through the through the course of the movie and i think the movie is better for that i think i guess what i'm trying to say is i think this is what he is he is best at from a, a performance standpoint is just being part of an ensemble, giving, uh, you know, a few really good moments and then the rest is fine. It's just when he, when it's theory of everything or it's, Oh, what else have we seen him in recently? We were just like, good gracious. It's, it's, it's just a beating to, to, or uh, the, the fantastic beast movies. Mm-hmm. When, when he's Newt, the focal bro. point, I'm out. Live man. that new just, life. Yeah, exactly. God, you want to, you want to talk, Newt Brian, strong. You want to talk about movies <laughs> that are up. painfully Nation, aggressive yeah. and like hard to watch or unpleasant to watch? God, those Fantastic Beast movies are those oh, for me. Oh, they're like such a bummer. Oh, too. they're such a such hard. A yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think Brian, to your point though, like I, I think that's why he's good in this is because he's playing second or third fiddle, mm-hmm. right? He's not. Yes, this exactly. is not the Eddie exactly. Redmayne show, and I mm-hmm. think the movie, the, the story, and the movie benefits from it because he's not. The movie is on his Redman. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Star of Jupiter guys... Ascending. Uh, Addy, Addy so, <laughs> so I'm kind of building here, if you guys can't tell. What you guys think of Jeremy Strong? I know Brian's anti-Jeremy Strong as a non-Secession watcher. Mm. Shane, are you a I Succession watcher? Oh, love Succession, dude. I think it's great. Um, and Jeremy Strong, like, he's also had a pretty great run of things, too, right? Because he's good in Succession. I don't. I think you guys saw The Gentleman. He, was, he clearly was having fun in The Gentleman. Brian right? is anti him of, in that, yeah. But yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I, I think he was having fun while playing that. And then now playing this role again, this seems like, like, does that role not seem like it would be super fun to play just kind of like an aloof stoner. You get some yeah. of the best gags in the movie, right? Like I thought he was great. He was basically most of the comedic relief 
And, uh, you know, obviously, like, he's got the range to play, you know, someone from, like, super sharp and smart to Kendall from Succession, and then to play someone kind of stupid and, you know, aloof to, to like, a movie like this. So I'm, I'm on the Jer- – like, if you could buy Jeremy Strong stock, I would definitely yeah. do it. I would – you know, I think he's going places for sure. All right, here we go for the counterproposal. Mr. Brian Gill. <laughs> This is the first time that I didn't I didn't want to punch him in the face. So I feel like that's a he's maybe he's turning in the right direction. You need to watch it's, Succession, it's, bro, because then you'll still want to punch him in the face. But you'll be you'll be like, oh, he's doing his job, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm never gonna watch Succession. It's never. Gonna yes, happen. you are. Uh, I'm anti you Succession have- just because of the hype. I'll watch it at some point. You know how I am. It'll, it'll, I know. It'll happen exactly. eventually. You're gonna watch freaking season three of <laughs> some CW show. You might. It's two seasons so far. 20 yeah, episodes. Yeah, you'll actually yeah. like it. I promise you, you'll like it. I, I believe you. It's Because it's I, funny. I it's the funniest handle, family show since handle, Arrested Development. Can't handle the hype. Um, but the hype's gone down a little bit. It's quiet. Okay. So now's the I'll day wait till it's bad and then I'll watch it. Then I'll feel good. Then I can watch it. But yeah, yeah, I hate I I I, I want to punch him in the face. He's a very uh, punchable, punchable. And that's the thing. So does everybody so. on the show, yeah. Succession, too. Like all the other sure. characters that's, hate him yeah. as well. That's why he's so well used. Yeah. yeah. Well, I enjoyed him in this, and so maybe it's the makeup and the uh, the, uh, the facial hair and stuff. Maybe, right. maybe looking like a hippie makes makes him less punchable to me. Uh, Second, but, the last one I do. What did you guys think of Keaton and Rylance, two legends? Oh my gosh, had no idea Keaton was in this, or at I least i would forgotten. He kind of gets anyway. like just pushed out. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Glad yeah, cool. Good to see. Good to see Batman on screen. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Brian. I completely forgot Michael Keaton was in this movie. So when they walk into that room and he's in there, I, we both Angela and I were like, Oh, like we were kind of surprised, yeah. but you know, he's great as always. We're definitely, and when he a, says Angela, he, Shane watches both, most of his films with Angela Lansbury. They're super close. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're close. Yeah. Uh, murder. She and I wrote is our new sequel. <laughs> um, that's our new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> murder. She potted with Kent and I mean, with Shane and Angela Lansbury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh it's great. And Rylance? Then, dude, Rylance is definitely becoming one of those guys that he shows up once every 18 months, rocks it, and then you never hear about him again until he's just in a movie. Yeah, it's super cool that he's continuing to do this, but it's not on the West End in London, and we can uh-huh. actually all see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's exactly I mean, right. It's exactly he's right. Barely yeah. always been this, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. unless you're rich and in London, you, you didn't get to see it. So this yeah. is pretty awesome. If if somebody was like if you ask somebody who's the best actor in the world and they said Mark Rylance, there's really not an argument against that. Like it's, I'm not, I don't know that that would be my answer, but he's so freaking good in everything that he has been in. And it's just, we didn't ever see him in things until like eight years ago. And then right. all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, this dude is incredible. So yeah, like I said, I he just he pops awesome. up once every 18 months in some movie. And every time you're like, whoa, this guy is good. And then, boom, he's gone for another two years. And you're like, you know, but he's great. All right, last one. Then we get into more of the movie. What Sasha, what would you guys think? This is the first kind of serious, super serious Sasha role um, as Abby Hoffman, who's not a super serious person, but but was sort of uh, intentional with his lack of seriousness. And what would you think of Sasha in this sort of non-straight comedy role? Speak for yourself, bro. The Brothers Grimsby was, you know, pretty pretty serious. <laughs> if you true. ask me, that's yeah. I consider that, yeah. No, you're right. That's the Kramer versus Kramer for our generation. <laughs> <laughs> now go go ahead, Brian. No, I thought, I thought he's great. I thought this is a great use for him too. Um, he's a great actor, but, man. He yeah, really he he really is. Great. He's he's 
you know, I mean, he's just, he's another one of those guys that it's, it's, I can, you can totally forgive somebody for thinking this is the guy that does Borat. Like he can't be a great actor. I totally get that thought. And then you, you, you see him in something like, but even in Borat, you're like, dude, that's a, it's a really ridiculously good As performance. I say, you can improving with people that don't know yeah. they're improving. That's oh the hardest gosh. thing in the world. That's it's incredibly hard. Uh, if the goal yeah, of acting is to convince you that you're not the person that you <laughs> yeah, are, he is the greatest actor on the planet because he yeah. can literally stand yeah. six inches from your face and you don't know it's him. Yeah, it's totally right. He's he's great in this, but I, I think this is a great use for him as a if this launches. I know he did the spy on Netflix last year, which was I watched some of that. I yeah. thought he was very good, and I think I just fell off of it at some point, but he was good in that. But if this is the launching point for him as a serious quote unquote serious actor, then like this is a great one to choose. This is a great way to, to, to do it because it is you're right, Richard. Like it's funny. He's a funny character. He's he's uh, he's irreverent, and so that sort of fits into what uh, what what he does best at times. But it's also, I mean, it's very very heartfelt. And I mean, he has two of the more sentimental moments in the movie. I mean, he's and he's and he hits him hard. Like he does yeah. him really really well. Right. I thought he was great. Uh, it wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all if five years from now we're we're saying. Man, th- Sasha Baron Cohen just won an Oscar, and mm-hmm. he's had two, you know, two or three great performances uh, over the last couple of years and stuff. It made me bummed too that uh, we didn't get him as as Freddie Mercury. You you I see know. you see him do this yeah. role, and you're like, oh my gosh, he would have crushed that movie. Uh, oh, yeah. He that, would have won so much better. Oh, I mean, God. I yeah. know it, idiot won, but he would have won harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Sorkin obviously loves writing you know, the smartest guy in the room, right? That's kind of every script he's ever written. There's always like one or two of those characters. I don't think this movie had a character that was smarter than everybody else in the room, but, but Abby Hoffman was definitely like the snarkiest guy in the room. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, Sasha Baron Cohen played that pitch perfectly. You know, he really kind of hit that note where he's smarter than you think he is, but he's also always got some sort of nasty comeback, you know, in his back pocket that he'll whip out, if you piss him off, you know, and I think he, I think he did a fantastic job as well. I think because this year is obviously completely off the rails at this point, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him get an Oscar knob this year. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. He could. Yeah. And, sure. I mean, he'll lose to Ben Schwartz for Sonic, but yeah, no, for sure. He'll, <laughs> he'll be nominated. Yeah. And so he was great. So I mean, it was, you, yeah. You sort of, uh, you sort of segued into one what I wanted to talk about. So is this going to be the movie of the year? Cause if it is, man, I mean, this is a good movie, but you know, that's a bad year, but I mean, COVID's not to be true. Mm-hmm. COVID doesn't care about our movies. So what do you, what do you think, Brian? <laughs> what do you, what do you, do you think uh, I think be- this is the front runner for best picture at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have coming out that's gonna like give this a run for its money? It's so hard to even know at this point um, because I mean, I there Mank, were movies I mean, that were just coming out in a month you know? that fair. could give it a run for its money, yep, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that one will be big. I, I think the Five um, Bloods, perhaps still from stuff that's yeah, already come out. I think uh I think Chloe Zhao's movie Nomadland is going to be Oh yeah. That's I think that's going to be McDormand, right? Yeah, I think that's the deal. I think it's going to be uh McDormand is going to but right now Eddie has that as 
the number one nominee um, okay. coming into sure this, along with Mank, along with this movie, which is number two, and then News of the World, that Tom Hanks movie that supposedly comes. So out the Tom Hanks, yeah. And then it's like Defy Bloods, which you mentioned, and On the Rocks, and then um, a few movies either. Sure. I I would not be surprised to see this movie win best screenplay, right? Because it is Aaron Sorkin. And and not just take the pedigree out of it. It's a great screenplay, right? The dialogue sizzles, right? The story moves yeah. right along. Um, I would be surprised to see it get a... I mean, there's 10 nominees or whatever, so it might get a nominee. But I don't think this is, is in contention for best picture. I mean, I'll look, I'll, I'm not going to ruin my, my grade or whatever, but I will say like, that is my, my only big knock on this film is that as good of a writer as Aaron Sorkin is, his directing style leaves a little something to be desired. Right. I mean, obviously he kind of likes pointing his camera just at the actors and kind of watching them talk. And as much as, you know, it's fine to see that I would have loved to see somebody with a little bit more of a directorial background, kind of liven up the movie a little bit visually. Doesn't even necessarily have to be a David Fincher, right? Somebody that talented. But I mean, we've even seen Danny Boyle direct an Aaron Sorkin script. We've seen Rob Reiner direct uh, an Aaron Sorkin script. And I think that both, all three of those movies that I just mentioned are better visually than The Trial of Chicago 7. So I would have, that's what I was talking about earlier. I'm disappointed that we didn't get a Spielberg on this because I think that the movie would have been even better. Exact same script, exact same actors. I think visually it just would have had, uh, you know, a better presentation and it would have just been a little bit more enjoyable to watch. Did you guys feel that at all? I mean, it wasn't, again, it's not bad, but it just, there was nothing super special about the way this film was made or kind of watching it. You know, you could almost listen to it. It felt like a, you know, like a flashback in a West Wing episode, but I sort of, like lended that to maybe that's Netflix too that I'm watching it sure. you know on my TV I I don't know if maybe the there's not much like quote unquote cinem- cinematic quality to this but right. I didn't see it on a big screen so it's hard maybe if I saw this in a at the Angelica that I would dig it a little more but in that way right um, so it's just sort of like it gets like an incomplete on that um it felt like a really good episode of TV because I watched it. Honestly, I watched this on where I'm sitting right now on my computer. I didn't even throw it up on the TV just because I don't know. I'm lazy. Um, so that I, I don't I'm not going to demerit the filmmakers on that at all because of right. lazy Richard watched this one step above watching on his phone. But the phone is so porned up that I can't. You know. <laughs> can't even click the home button anymore. There's not. It's unusable. I can't yeah. even call on it. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Um, Brian, what about you? Did you feel like over, like just from a purely visual standpoint, like it's not, I'm not saying it's bad. Make no mistake. I'm just at multiple times. I thought this could be better. This could be more interesting. It feels like an HBO show. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, I don't see, I don't see that stuff as much as, as you or Kent do. Uh, I mean, that's definitely the weak point in his game at this point is the, is where the camera goes. What, what, what kind of, probably the even like how we're going to light the scene or how we're going to frame the scene and things like that. That's definitely the weak spot. Uh, I mean, but this is, this is a hundred percent getting nominated for best picture. hundred percent. There's no, sure. in this it's, garbage trash year, I think even no in most that. years it would. Yeah, I think so too, because I don't it has think it the would right, win most years. Yeah, I no, I, I agree with that, but I mean, it has the right 
I mean, it has the the the, the narrative that we're looking for in a best picture nominee. So it, it's for sure getting now. Whether he gets nominated for director, I could take or leave. But I, I, I I'm with you. I, I definitely believe he he will be nominated. Who directed for, Sonic? He probably win script and then <laughs> and then. Uh, but you know, this is this is definitely a bit. So it didn't it didn't bother me. I I I see what you're saying, Shane. It there's there's certainly um I would I would love to see him work. I, I mean, I I like it better when he writes the movie and someone else directs it. Yeah, especially because he has because he is probably the best screenwriter maybe ever. I don't know, but however you feel about that, because he is such a great screenwriter, he is never working with a trash director. You know, he always gets to pick, Oh, I have my choice of Fincher or Spielberg or Reiner or, or whoever you want to put on that, Mm. that list of like, these are the greats, uh, Mm. the bulls of the world, obviously. Um, that's the, that's the dream is to, to see like uh in the name of the king six directed by Uwe Boll but written by Sorkin, Sorkin yeah. with the, <laughs> the walk and talks the oh walk and God. talks with, through those caves with the bro. orcs oh man talking about sexy uh but yeah like <laughs> your he, turn on look at these nipples <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like he because he is as great as he is he gets to kind of pick the directors that he works with and so it's never you're never working with somebody who's like not one of the greats and so it's really hard in some ways you want to give him a break of like it kind of stinks in a way that that we're disappointed that he's directing it because it's you know it, it's it's because of how great he is and 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 the right the, the pedigree of people that he that he gets to work with uh, but yeah i thought it was i thought it was fine i thought it was fine from a direction a director standpoint it hit all the notes right the one thing that he does know how to do as a director very very well is to highlight his his big moments in the script and right. and and hit those hard and um he's at least advanced enough as a director to not overdo it because again on the page it's real easy i think to to overdo what he does because he, he he's it's so incredible what he puts there it's very hard for that not to turn into like Now's my time for the showiest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> right, and, right. And he does a great job. I thought this was this was better than Molly's game from from the standpoint of figuring out when to hit those highs and and when to kind of play, you know, bring it back down a little bit. Agre- oh, agreed 100%. And again, for the record, I am not saying that it was poorly directed. Sure. It was no, it was I'm well directed. It just at yeah. multiple points I thought, mm, a better director could have elevated this just a little bit higher and I would I would have liked to have seen that. Sure. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. God, now I'm now I like can't stop thinking about it. Like I want to find not that I have any power to do so, but now I want to find a project that Sorkin can write that Spielberg would direct because that would be mm-hmm. you're right. That would sure. be an incredible pairing. The post two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you you joke, Richard, but like it's been a while since Spielberg has worked with a like a truly great script and screenwriter, and so it'd be interesting to Absolutely. see. And I think. As as the resident awesome. Spielberg nut, uh, I you know he's definitely lost his fastball. I think he's. I think I said this on the Ready Player One episode. I, I think Spielberg is still capable of one more like great classic Spielbergian film. But I think maybe even the, two more, in my opinion. Yeah, honestly. sure, it, could, it it totally could happen. But I think as the, the skeptic, I mean, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, I think the odds of that 
increase if you if you give him like a a, a truly great mm, script at this absolutely. point. I don't know that he right. has. I don't know that he has the fastball to uh, to really pull out the script and the direction on on a great great movie at this point. Um, and that is, um, it's West Side Story, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it could be <laughs> actually I mean, could rule. By the way, because Tony Kushner is yeah. awesome and he's awesome. I mean, sure. Quentin Tarantino uh, has said a couple of times that directing is is a young man's game, right? I mean, it takes so mm-hmm. much energy to kind of you know to to get up there and do it. I just don't know. I'm not saying Spielberg can't make a great film. But I don't think Spielberg has the energy or the, you know, kind of the desire anymore to make an Indiana Jones or to make a movie that's as high energy as like a Jurassic Park. So while I don't, I do think that he doesn't help that he does like two movies every Mm -hmm. 18 months, by the way. Right. And that's like, I don't a little bit. It's not that I don't think he can't make another great movie. I just don't think he's ever going to make a movie like a great movie like Indiana Jones. I think you're going to get something along the lines of like, bridge of spies or something that is also really mm-hmm. good, but just a lot mm-hmm. lower energy than, you know, when he was 25 sure. and directing. Those are the kind of movies I, of his that I love. Yeah. I mean, obviously my favorite is war horse, but after that, um, <laughs> um, catch me if you can, mm-hmm. no, catch me if you can bridge of spies. That stuff is, is to me what I, I, I love all that. But then he's so backwoated, like since 2012, he's made like, Six or seven movies. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I look at slow it, down a little bit. Sure. He's, I, I mean, look, I'm not a super fan like you, Brian. But yeah, he's probably the greatest. You know, blockbuster and whatever. Mm-hmm. He's the most versatile director ever. I want him to make awesome movies. It just yeah. you know, he seems a little backed up at the moment. He, so I'm, maybe COVID will slow just, him down a little bit. Sure. And I, like I looked at it as a good thing that he dropped out of directing uh, indie four. Or whatever it is, uh, and, yeah, because there is no indie four. Well, who, yeah, exactly. I didn't know that happened. This is your breaking news. Who's, yeah, do we know who's uh, doing it? It's James Mangle. Yeah, yeah, it's James. Mangle. Oh, yeah, we talked yeah. about that on the show. You're yeah. right. I just pointed it out because cool. that is yeah, actually it, like, awesome. I'm super in on this, but now you just got to get rid of Harrison Ford. No, like no, I love him to death, but good. he's <laughs> he's 85 years old. Like he's not Indiana Jones anymore. He can do it. He can do it. Um. Just no, no monkeys, no aliens. That's all we need. It's and okay. and no shy. Let's let's also set that rule too. Ah, Shia could have been fine. Shia could have been fine. Just not maybe the wrong. I time want Shia, him, but just but... smoking in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm with late. you there, Brian. Yeah. It wasn't Shia's fault. He was bad in that yeah. movie. It was the script's fault. But yeah, the, the concrete's already been set there. I mean, so you hi- hypothetically, just... if this movie existed, we're yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if there was any four, which does exist, Arby, he, yeah, yeah totally. To your point, he has. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. He has twenty three projects listed as in development on IMDb right now. Now Spielberg? I know he is not directing all those things. They are, you know, he produces. He's yeah. very prolific on that front. Right. But still, he has a lot going on. And maybe if if he was if yes. he was coming to me and you for advice. That would be the thing that I would say is like, well, he needs the I money, just so he's just <laughs> chilling out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's just trying Pull to back get on buck. some of these, bro. Hand some of them off, and and let's let's try to make a great movie. Again. Yes, um, yes. I I'm sorry, we we got because at this point, team, like cynically, like the only thing that's going to increase the Spielberg legacy are great directorial films. Sure, like yeah. no one's gonna give a crap if he it was like, oh, you know, he was a producer on that movie that made a lot of money, like. Mm-hmm. He has sure. tons of money. He's a billionaire, probably or close to. He's good. Mm-hmm. His legacy's set. You either need to retire and just this is my legacy, or chase that white whale of 
one to three more great directorial projects because that's the only thing that's going to improve upon your legacy. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's super annoying. On, on just quick side note, it's super annoying when you watch a trailer and like a director gets called a visionary that you don't think deserves it. It's even more annoying when in the middle of a trailer it'll say like from the producers of Get Out, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. what does that matter at all? Like, yeah, that, I know. that is not applicable yeah. to this movie, and that, like, yeah, that bothers yeah. me so much. Sure, sure. But there's about five names that you can tag onto that that has some sway. It's sure. Spielberg. It's it oh, was sure. Nolan with Man of Steel. I don't know what if he's you know going yeah, back. Probably to that, still is Nolan. Sure. I don't think that, he has because he didn't Jordan stick around Peele for the rest. That. James yeah, Cameron George. probably still has that if he wants yeah. to sure. tack his name on sure. something. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, totally. but yes, I sorry to, to tangent that hard, but but I was <laughs> gonna keep throwing that joke. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to. I would love to see uh, Sorkin hand a script. I would for both parties. I would I would love to see Spielberg work with Sorkin, but I would also love to see Sorkin. Yeah, and I'm hand cool with some so, of these movies I, over to his. I'm cool because Molly's Game and this are both fine. Yeah, or sure. good, better than fine. Um, we're gonna give these a yeah. good grade. I would imagine. I'm fine with Sorkin still doing writer director stuff. I just wish maybe two writer director and then on that third one pass mm-hmm. it off to whatever crazy stud filmmaker that is sure. dying. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And just two for, sure. for you, one for them, like from here yeah. on out would be no, awesome. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um cool. All right. So should we grade this bad boy out? Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh great I'm gonna go I'll go first. I'm gonna give this a uh I really like this. I thought it was really smart. It was prescient but not like too much on the nose prescient. Um, I'm going to give this a solid A minus. Uh, Shane, what about you? Same grade, A minus. Like I said, I, I thought the performances were great. The script was great. I just wanted to see a little bit more interesting visuals from a different director. But, you know, A minus, absolutely. Brian? Yeah, I go a little higher. I go A. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed wow, it a while. I, I thought uh, <laughs> I thought Sorkin did a great job of, of sort of uh, – distilling this whole thing into a two hour ish movie. I appreciate that. This definitely felt like a movie that was going to end up being two and a half or three hours long, you know, and it wasn't, I liked that. Uh, and it, it wasn't, uh, I thought it, the other thing he did that maybe we didn't touch on was he, I thought he did a pretty good job of sort of, uh, downplaying his Sorkin-ness to, to some degree, yeah. like, uh, of Sorkin, not letting that becoming, Right. Yeah, becoming the story of the script and Absolutely. the story of the movie and stuff. So, Molly's getting uh, the same way. Impressed. He's like weirdly less Sorkin-y when he directs. I think he's afraid mm-hmm. of it than when he just writes and hands off to someone. Sure. Which maybe sure. is why I like Sorkin-y stuff. So I yeah, so do yeah, no, that's totally true. Totally but true. I, I think he kind of guards against that if he if he's going to direct it. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's just happenstance with this one because he wrote it, not maybe intending to direct it. But I don't know. Sure. I don't know what the rewrite sitch was and all that. Sure. But someone okay, someone cool. once told me that they hated Aaron Sorkin stuff because they because nobody talks like that. And then my point was, but everybody should talk like that. We should yeah, all aspire yeah. if, to be that smart. If you can smart. talk like that, you should talk yeah. like that. Like we should all yeah, aspire 100%. to be that smart and to be better. And, <laughs> like, and to be and to uh, to that point, we we recorded this whole episode. I'm just going to reveal it now. Walking down various hallways, mm-hmm. three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm out of breath. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how witty we are. <laughs> Alrighty, team. Well, another strong episode in the books. We'll we'll throw this one. This may darn well be best picture. Is this bad to say? I hope it's not. Not that it's a bad movie no, at all, you. but that would I, I, suck I'm, I'm even with, with COVID yeah. if this is best best picture. But uh, 
but we shall see. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's still way too early. We got two more months, and there could be seven other bangers that come out before the end of the year. So, or there could be zero other bangers, Shane. So that's also true. Yeah, (laughs) not to be a pessimist. So, um, alrighty then. So you can find us on social media. You can find Shane on Facebook at Shane Byerly B I. E-R-L-E-Y, I believe. You can find Brian and I on Twitter at BGill12 or at Richard Barden. You can find the show at Mad About Movies on Twitter or MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Check us out. And if you want more of this sort of tomfoolery and, and more, honestly, Batman Shane, uh, he sh- shows up a lot on throwback episodes, which, as you may or may not know, are exclusive to the VIP community over at Mad About Movies Podcast slash VIP. It's a Patreon. Uh, it's $4 a month. We do four minimum of four extra episodes a month, oftentimes many more. Um, so, you know, a dollar for an extra episode for your commute and all that and supports the show. Also, there's a Discord, which we all love. We are all members of and talk to VIP members all the time on there. Speaking our wares on Mad About Movies, Mad About Music, Mad About Architecture, uh, mad about um, Dana Gould, '90s comedian Dana Gould. <laughs> There's a whole thread there. Mad about Brett um, Butler. Thread is like Brett. <laughs> yeah, mad about Brett. But- mad about yeah. Mad about Brett Butler. Mad about Grace Under Fire. Um, a lot of stuff. It's gets hyper specific, mm-hmm. but it's good. No, but we have all kinds of good stuff. Threads on there from mad about food to mad about music and all that stuff. You can talk with us and fellow VIPs. There's several hundred people in that feed messaging constantly, 24 hours a day. And uh, even if you just kind of like our show, I would advise, you know, becoming a VIP. Listen or listen not to the extra episodes, but that VIP community is awesome of people that you, I guarantee you will like and bond with and talk about everything you like all day or day. Um, and especially in these these times of social distancing, it gives us some level of social ability therein. So, alrighty then. We'll see Kent here soon. He'll be back here in the VIP and regular feeds next week and we will be talking all kinds of good stuff. And until then... We will see you at the Screenama. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya, the silence is scrambled eggs. They're calling again.